0: In stone. and we've got a new business endeavor as you know what we do is sit back lay back thinking our capitalist minds how to help things happening. uh in light of recent versus incidents we've decided to start a new security team you know what i'm saying <laughs> sometimes you know certain concerts you know be it punk be it hip-hop be it you know i'm pretty sure adele gets pretty turned to. also mm. you know things get out of hands a lot of beef behind stage and front stage Sometimes you need motherfuckers to go out there and handle shit. Stone security, you know what I'm saying? You know, obviously you got security for the audience. Obviously you got security for the crowd. But sometimes these artists be tripping. We guarantee to go out there, you know what I'm saying? Bust some heads, you know what I'm saying? Make sure the show goes on one way or the other.
1: (laughs) We'll we'll give everybody the busy bone discount. (laughs) That's a busy bone discount. Oh.
0: Good e- good evening, all. Uh, we're uh, talking obviously about the verses, which I did not actually watch, but thankfully, since I stay I stay knee deep in the drama, I've heard things about.
1: <laughs> so uh, so yeah, I, I actually I didn't watch it live. I, I watched the Russian YouTube recording the day after <laughs> or two days later, <laughs> as is tradition. Um, you know, number one, you already know my my thoughts around verses. Like, basically, it evolved from this really cool concept, and you got to know the artists, and really got to know like, kind of, you know, their thought process, and you got to see these artists bond in these intimate experiences way back during lockdown. And now it's basically just like drunk karaoke, like it, it's literally just these artists drunk and high on stage. Like, basically doing the karaoke ver- version of their songs. Yes. Um, <laughs> having that said, I will say it was a very entertaining versus. Um, just with the amount of, like, like stars that came out. Like, you had everybody from Lil Wayne to Terrence Howard <laughs> to Lil John. <laughs> like, that to me, I thought was really cool. And, you know, I, I definitely see it as a send up to the, um to the culture. So... I mean, begrudgingly, I still watch these things, um, but they they also feel a bit long in the tooth for me. But this particular one, I think it caught everybody's ear or eye just because of the fight between um, Bone, thugs- Bone thugs and harmony and 3-6 Mafia. Um, and first off, like, I thought that um, this was a very weird pairing, but Reg, you, you let like, like known in the podcast... <laughs> Yeah,
0: no. So it's, they've been it's, beefing since, like, 96. <laughs> bruh, and that's the thing. It's just, like, and, and, and not even, like, beefing on a I don't like those dudes. Like, they hopped on, like, fucking life after death. They were throwing shots at fucking, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. At like, you know, you know, Bones of Thugs, you know what I'm saying? You know, Notorious Thugs, you know what I'm saying? Coming out here. What is it? Just Triple Six rival spitting fire. This is the real truth, bitch. Come on, man. That's not really that subtle. So, I mean... <laughs> and I think it's kind of sad only because I think that if you look at the Ghetto Boys if you look at Bone Thugs and Harmony and if you look at 3-6 you could also throw an Bowl MG, you could also throw in UGK but I think these are important like Southern Miss West hip-hop acts to kind of break into the New York City market yeah. I remember when The Torious Thugs kind of came out it was kind of semi-controversial and I remember Biggie was just like nah I fuck with it I fuck with what they're doing I fuck with their flows and I'll be honest for you, from an East Coast person, it felt very much like you had the Ghetto Boys rise to the top and kind of, you know, you know, hit a certain level commercial peak. Then it felt like you had acts like, let's say, fucking UGK kind of pick up the torch and definitely fucking Bone Thugs. And I felt like, you know, right afterwards was three six, even though three six was definitely making music and fucking you know the mid-90s but it felt like there was this kind of baton passing between all these acts where you know as a new york dude where all i knew was fucking baggy jeans Timberlands, and fucking baggy avarex jackets i would hear they shouldn't think it's dope so it's kind of weird for me like objectively where i was like oh it, there was this weird rivalry happening in the background yeah even from what I, my ears i thought everybody was kind of building off of each other you know what i'm saying like yeah, you like even with yeah. Like, yeah, like even with Bone Thugs you had a religious imagery and then immediately you have fucking and I won't say necessarily, you know, in a positive way, you have three six kinda of leaning into the same imagery but more of a satanic side.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well it's really interesting too, just because um and what the reason I say like it was a, it felt like a mismatch. It, it it felt like the verses kind of felt kinda of weird. Just because of like the way that led up to the fight, right? So like, look, Bone Talks and Harmony were the pop stars of their day. Like, people don't realize yes. that in the mid-90s, you could not escape anywhere without hearing the crossroads. Like, that song was iconic. They were selling double platinum, whatever. Uh, everybody in the suburbs was b- bumping that album. MTV was playing a video, like, 24-7. Like, they were, the, like, way more popular, I feel, at their peak than Three Six Mafia. And, yes. and you know I so would agree. Yeah. I, I wouldn't say by merit like Bone Thugs Bone Thugs shouldn't do a a versus. They should. Um having that said, the way it was kind of weird, right? Like 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 versus now is kinda like an actual it, it seems like it's a battle. It seems like it's battle rapping, but not battle rapping. But it, it's like when you have two people in their entourages on stage, things yeah. get amped up. Like it's very it battle wrapped in the setup. Yeah, you're right, it, yeah. it seems like a street fight just with music, right? And what was happening was Bone Thugs really was going with their R and B shit, and they really kind of were like, like doing like you know like their melodic shit. And look again, Bone Thugs the template for Drake. It's Bone Thugs. <laughs> when yeah. you think about it. You know, like like. Rappers weren't singing and doing melody until like really Bone Thugs and we let them get away with it <laughs> at a time when the culture, should, you know, probably was not as forgiving just because Bone Thugs was so dope. Right. Yeah. So they were singing, you know, and I think the three six crew was like high and drunk and just like kind of taunting and saying, that, like, oh, we only want to hear any R&B, blah, blah, blah. And like they were like slow dancing as Bone Thugs was like doing their song, and that was the trigger, right? And I think like the problem was Bone Thugs started out really weak. Um, they never they never did like first of the month. They never did like some of their, their their songs that were just like I think could could like match Three Six, and Three Six just has just such a great discography, and they were lit. Like Three Six like brought out Lil Wayne, uh, Lil Wayne. They brought out like. Um, oh shoot project pat like they brought a whole, a whole bunch of people and they make club bangers so like the there's just a mismatch between like club bangers and like you know deep me- melodic yeah <laughs> rap and i think you know unfortunately uh busy bones the sore loser saw he was taking the l and like you know in frustration through the bottle that triggered the fight. Um, so I'll say, you know, for the most part, it started off as a mismatch, um, and I didn't really know they had beef. Now I understand like why they're connected, but uh, on paper it just didn't seem like they it was just just like the right match for each other, um, and I think that's that's why the whole drama controversy started. So
0: yeah, it's it sucks because like again, both seminal groups, both important groups, and I, I think you kind of nailed it. It's like you know, I I think. The issue there and I and I think the difference between like you said is battle rap. So I think that in the initial verses it was celebratory. It was it might have been competitive, but it's still like you're a dope artist. Yeah. Again, I didn't see it, but if you if you if what you're telling me is the way it kinda went down, I could definitely see them kinda again, going back to Erica Badu, I'm an artist, I'm sensitive about my shit. If you here kind of actually making fun of my songs, the songs that got me here in the first place, it's a little different. I, I think when the, like let's say half like the locks going at Dipset, it was more like, "Hey, you guys don't seem that prepared." Hint, hint, wink, wink. It wasn't like Dipset sucks. You know what I'm saying, kind of. And I think that maybe the way the way I've heard it, the way it kind of sounds, is it kind of ran into that territory where as they it, it feels like again, it could be just be again. As we all know, you know, the black folks love to talk shit. It could have been some kind of hardcore ribbing, but I could definitely see an aspect of where if if it comes off as, hey, you know, it's not comp- competition. You are just kind of dissing me as an artist, how it might kind of go sideways. And like I said, it's, it kind of sucks because at the end of the day, what bone thugs are good for is like riding around music. It's like fucking. It's it's chill. It's like chill shit, but it's just like you know slower RPM relax. Where like you know in a battle rap kind of fucking arena, it's three six mafia. It's yeah. made to throw bottles and punch somebody in the face, and, the and you kind of can't tear the club <laughs> up, and you can't kind of like it's hard. Like even if you're like even if you're a top tier MC with a better, and in this case you could say a more popular discography it's really hard to kind of go against like a a fully formed 3-6 Mafia or Voltron with those hardcore club who are fucking their shit up bangers. You know what I'm saying? You could take, I can't think of, like I'm not going to say per se like a Jay-Z, but like, you know, like let's say, because he, cause he's got his own kind of like turned up, we're going to, you know, like, you know, big pimping, like these really energetic kind of anthems. But, you know, even though Bone Thugs definitely, you could like you said, and I agree with you, they are definitely a more popular artists that definitely sold more records. You know, they were they were MTV incarnates, you know, in that kind of arena when, you know, you've got hardcore fans and Three Six Mafia shows up with a deep-ass bench and all these songs that may not have been capital H huge, but definitely shit that motherfuckers grew up with. It's an uphill battle. Like I said, like You said, it's it's weirdly mismatched. And right. I think particularly, like I said, it's weird. If it was like an Erika Badu and fucking Jill Scott thing, I think it would have been cool. But in like a battle rap kind of arena, it's just weird because like at the end of the day, it's it's, you're, 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 it's like MOP versus like Eminem. It's just like, yeah, you know, Eminem is a much huger artist. But if we bring it down to a basement of a whole bunch of old heads... Come on, bro! <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh,
1: I will say this um, because everybody's fo- focusing on the fight. I will say everybody at the like. But bone came back out. Like, every, like you know, they ended up doing the show, and they ended up you know making up, and they you know Lil John came out and it was like the Uniter. They all like did, <laughs> did a track together with Lil John. You know, <laughs> um, so I like at the like at the end of the day, like it ended up being like your typical verses, right like like a lot of people focus on the fight but like there was still an hour of show after that initial like dust up right so i i I will say that um and yeah like it's like it's like three six was just like they have and it's funny too because you know i was like like sitting with my wife and she like is more of a Bone Thugs fan just because Bone Thugs is like more connected I think with like the west coast hip hop scene with you know or even like they work with Eazy-E and Biggie, and like you know um like all of these different iconic people whereas if you grew up in the south like me my goodness like like 3-6 <laughs> it's like story of my childhood <laughs>
0: You know? These are seminal raps, <laughs> <laughs>
1: like si- sipping on some scissor, like you know
0: two, ass and titties, my, like <laughs> two way freak man. The Come on, Project Pat. dollars at? Like I yeah, they have like
1: <laughs> it's hard out here for a pimp. Like they have hits, and, yeah. and 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 again, it's like it's really hard. It's really hard to match that energy. Um, you know, like, I, I, I'm almost trying to think of who... Like, a 3-6, I think, obviously, can go up against a UGK or, like, like somebody else from the South. Like, even, like, a Swisha House. Like, I think that would be a really interesting, like, pairing. Um, Bone Thugs is so unique. I don't know who, like, will be, like, a good pairing for them. You know? Like, um, just because, they, like, there's nobody of the that era that's doing kind of the things that they're doing. Like, maybe, like like, Twista, I know is doing, like, kind of, but not even, but but not not really. I don't know anybody who's doing, like, super melodic shit, you know? Um,
0: Yeah, I can't, it's it's not even really an equivalent. All I could think of from that era, who could maybe, and like I said, they've had completely different career trajectories, almost be like Snoop. But the thing is, the problem with Snoop is Snoop has had a long ass career since then, and it's kind of. But like I said, it's, it's it's hard to underestimate how hugely crossover they were yeah. for <laughs> a period of time. <laughs> and that's the thing
1: too. Like like the same shit would happen. Snoop has way too many hits. Way yeah, too many and
0: many energy bangers. <laughs> yeah, I can't
1: busy busy will also still throw the bottle. At Snoop. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I mean, like I don't
0: know, like maybe Drake. <laughs> you know but yeah i can see drake i, try, I can say it's, it's it's a weird again I, drake has too many hits yeah actually everybody's you, getting the you know, ball thrown at him here's the thing i can think of an act that's com- that you could compare him to but again you have the same issue i think to me they're like dmx where mm. that again dmx plays a very aggressive dmx plays a very aggressive form of hip-hop check it out that was, that was my music journal voice and but uh, but you know that it's it's a it's it's very emotional, very like like crossover, like like kills the Midwest. You know what I'm saying? Kind of they could, they yeah. could go out there and play these kind of venues for all white audience and slay. Like that's the level of popularity. But like you're right, as far as the actual song is concerned, it's really hard because they had a very unique vibe, a unique vibe that kind of endeared them. You know, they were able to do West Coast, they were able to cross over into MTV, they were able to do songs with Mariah Carey. And that's not to say they were soft. It's not. It was just like. That weird melodic flow, which is a precursor to everything that we're doing now, where, you know, they're able to to basically effectively rap on notes that, you yeah. know, rap with notes. That's just fucking like, like that's hip hop. And I like guess it's like you said, it's it have to be like fucking like Young Thug or some shit. You know what I'm saying? It's just weird. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> the sad thing is Young Thug is like, who are these people?
0: <laughs> you know? And it, once uh, again, the bottle thrown at Young Thug. Yeah, once, once again, the bottle gets thrown. Like, it, everybody's getting the bottle in, in all scenarios. <laughs>
1: uh, well, um, I guess we should move on to uh, some, some sadder news. Um, yes. You know, so <laughs> the past week, um, hip-hop and fashion lost an icon, tragically. Um, suddenly, it, it, maybe not suddenly, because I, I know he was battling with cancer for for a long time. But like, I mean, suddenly in terms of like the headspace that we occupy, like who had any idea that like Virgil Abloh was was uh, battling cancer and and literally like on his deathbed, um, and here we are, like Virgil Abloh, like like you know passed away at age forty one. Um, which is you know another black man like under the age of fifty passing away from like health problems like that always <laughs> as an older black man <laughs> yeah that kind of gets to me um you know like like obviously you know you know the you know the resume you know work with you know uh like really got in the game with Off White uh, Louis Vuitton like you know pretty much like attached to the hip of Kanye um for like the past 10 12 years um and you know it's really interesting too because like um i like somebody was just talking about virgil abloh and, and kind of talking about uh hip-hop has this obsession with street, with streetwear but you know a lot of people who are um kind of behind the the, the street streetwear are not black right like you know so like um like nigo from um uh, what you call it? Um, from Billionaires Boys yeah. Club, yeah. Um, the Supreme guys, you know, like any any of the New York streetwear brands that you can think the, of. There's never <laughs> been a black, yeah. It's it there's sucks. never yeah. been a black face, and like this is the first time you actually saw a prominent black face um, as a part of a prominent streetwear brand across music, you know, sports. He did a lot of work with Serena Williams, fashion, culture. Um, he was DJing, um, you know, like like like. This is the first time you know in this culture in this space that you've seen a black man kind of be the face of that. So um, it was it was, that was a really tough like tough thing to read when I heard that he passed away because uh, he was just very monumental in the past ten ten fifteen years of streetwear
0: and music. Yeah. You know, he he had a gig. What what blew my mind was because I remember distinctly. Like a couple of months ago, maybe in the summer, I was like, "Oh shit, Virgil's playing shows." I guess we are outside. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. he had a gig built. He had a gig. I saw because I had to go because I was like, I had to be. I had to go into the googles. He was playing gigs in London in fucking September. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's kind of crazy. And the thing is, I'll, I'll like I'll fully admit it. I am a Virgil hater. You know, I've got you know, I definitely I've got issues where because you know. Long story short, this is DJ Giggs. He was messing with my homegirl, not in a positive way. You know, a little, oh, little, okay. little, little, little busy bone action, let's just say. You know what I'm saying? I oh, know. But at the same time, it's like, I can't deny... You know, like, I was looking forward to hating him for a very long time. The same way I hate Michael Jordan from when I was a little kid. True. <laughs> and I was a Knicks fan. It's the idea of where, even though I may disagree with you, I want everybody to eat. And he's somebody where, looking at everybody kind of thanking him, he was somebody where it seems like even among the stars where... You know, you've got a tire line. you've got all these dudes who are doing big things and apparently he would just hit him up on something like, Yo, I saw your new video, yo, I saw this, that was really dope and yada yada yada. He was cheerleader among a circle. Like he said, in a place in streetwear street where where generally It sadly boils down to a whole bunch of white creatives just siphoning off hood styles. He was one of the shining fucking stars, and he was able to parlay that into a space at a table in the white Euro house. You know what I'm saying? He's somebody where he was very. And going back to that other point, like with the culture, I know he got a little bit of jokes about doing the pop smoke cover and yada yada yada, but. He was still doing shit he didn't really have to do. You know what True. I'm saying? Like True. it was he was he was a he was a multi hyphenate in ways where you know he could have just like you know he didn't have to do album covers. He didn't have to DJ. Like he he clearly had enough money where he didn't have to go out and play these gigs. But to a certain extent, he did, and I think it was important to see that he didn't silo himself because let's be honest. A lot of black creatives, a lot of actually, definitely most white creators, but even some black creatives wants to get that little bit of fucking white, you know, mainstream media acceptance. Suddenly the fucking hip hop slang goes. Suddenly the cool Jordans go. Suddenly the the button down comes on. We're wearing the fucking blazer. We're doing fucking brunch with fucking Jeff Bezos. And you can just tell Virgil, he was not that dude. He kind of always stayed, you know, in the culture. And And that's the thing where even though, again, not a huge fan, I could never fault somebody who's there with the culture. And that's what kind of sucks about this. And like you said, it's the idea is he was fucking young. Like yeah. this is somebody where 40 fucking one. I'm sick of, I'm just sick of all our heroes passing at fucking 41. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you should be they, I want to see, I, I want to see a old ass fucking, you know, like like a Michael B. Jordan show up at fucking the Grammys in the year 2045 in a fucking wheelchair. You know what I'm saying? I want to see these guys kind of age. Is that math right? I mean, he might be too young. Maybe no. Maybe <laughs> not that. <laughs> Don't shoot Michael B. Jordan. But you know, it's the idea of where you want to see these acts age gracefully. And it's like, fuck, bruh, 41. 41 is fucking nothing on this earth. And it's kind of sucks that, you know, your DMXs, your Virgils. Like, you know, these guys you wanted definitely had a third, a fourth, a fifth act in him where you wanted to see him do different things, and it kind of sucks, whereas it's like, that's it. You know, it's just like fucking 41, in and out, done, on to the next, and it's very depressing. So, like, you know, definitely a props to him, props to what he did when he was here, you know, props to the fucking influence that he did, that he did, props to being a cheerleader for a lot of other acts, you know what I'm saying? And like I said, it, it just kind of sucks to have these fucking podcasts. You know, we had fucking Young, Young Dolph a couple weeks ago, is this like, you know, 36 in his, is it like, is this kind of, this, this sucks. Yeah. F- full stop. So hopefully, I don't know, man, like I said, it's hopefully 2022 is better.
1: Yeah. yeah. I, I, I will say um, the dude was working till his last breath. Like he was booked to play our Basil like this week. And you probably would have did it. Like he probably yeah. would have showed up, like spun out our Basil and like, you know, got on a private jet and like rolled out. like, we wouldn't know we <laughs> would be none the wiser, you know? Um, and I, I, you know, look, like I, you know, he worked until his last day. Um, not everybody's a saint. So obviously yeah, everybody's got skeletons in the closet. Um, but yeah, you know, like, 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 like I said, like the, the, the culture, he bridged so many t- different worlds of the culture, um, like a Louis Vuitton, um, or even like a Balmain or like all these like crazy ass fashion houses are now, instead of ripping off black people collaborating with black people and i do yes. think like, like people like a virgil have a lot to do with that agreed uh, and, and probably like you know and a lot of unnamed people as well but probably like in the board behind the scene like like probably making white people uncomfortable you know <laughs> in france <laughs> you know so um yeah props to virgil definitely
0: yeah so um yeah, no, like I said, it's in my case, this is like, you know, I, I it's I just want to have you know, I, I plan on hating him for decades and it kinda sucks.
1: <laughs> you know, look, like I said, not everybody's a saint and there there are people that I hate <laughs> that people love. <laughs> and like I, you know, you, you gotta make it known. Like like some you can like somebody that but they can also do some dirty shit. So right right you right know
0: uh so what else is on the list should we do the, should we talk about the alabaster queen the goddess of all the, the one the one true chosen heir parents of r&b soulful vocals you know what i'm saying the, the one who will who will save us from the terror of k-pop who will save us from the terror of hip-hop who will save us from the terror of edm who will basically Keep every white woman who's in a recent divorce <laughs> mentally sane. The Queen, Adele.
1: That, that's a billion dollar market right there.
0: I try, I try. That's that's a definitely billion it's dollar like market.
1: That, that that's what made Oprah a billionaire. So let's go. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, yo. So yeah, Adele dropped her album Thirty um i've listened to it like quite a few times it's been a minute since we've recorded and i've listened to it quite a few times um look if you like adele like there's nothing wrong you can say about this album if you don't mess with adele like you know this album it's there's some songs there might be a little bit for you but this album is not for you um and adele is completely fine with that um having that said you know, I'm not I'm not a Adele super fan, but you know, I I 19 was a really interesting album and and it kind of came in this weird like post Amy Winehouse world. I'm not saying like they're comparable at all, but like you know, just kind of like British soul like singer, you know, whatever white soul singer world, right? Um, 21 is cool. 25 was way like kind of like. I think, like, too great American songbook for me, you know? Like too much country, too much. I've been living in Nashville for me. Um, but, like, 30, I think, it's, like, a combination of a lot of different things. Um, and it's, it's, it's really sad. Sad Girl Autumn is, is in effect. But it's also something, like, where she knows her sound, and she's just going to execute, like, that sound perfectly. It's like the Steph Curry... <laughs> <laughs> Adult contemporary pop music. <laughs> you know? Um, and it's really interesting, too, because I think 25, she was working with, like, Rook Rubin and Malibu. Like, this was definitely, you know, she worked with Inflow, who is the mastermind behind, like, Salt and uh, produced for, like, Lil Sims and Jungle and, and Cleo Soul, uh, Max Martin. So, like, you know, I think she's switching up her sound, but she's doing it in a way where she understands her signature, signature sound. Um, so the production I thought was great. The content was amazing. I thought, like, look, like, if you're going to talk about your divorce, like, you're going to talk about your divorce, like, like we, and I'll admit to this. I I kind of like it when artists are going through a down period. I think it makes great Ooh, art.
0: That's That's it's see, also
1: like not great for their mental health. <laughs> 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 but you know, like, like. um you know, it's just, it, it's a great, it's a great album. I'm not going to say it's like an album that I'm, I mean, it's probably going to be in my top 10 um, in terms of album of the year. Wow. Um It's, it's, I, w- I wouldn't say it's something where it's just like executed very well. And you can, there's like things that she's pulling from the culture. Like, like the fact that she uses like voice memos. she like pulled that from like hip hop like, there's some cadences that she pulls from hip-hop. She's, like, she, you know, she listens to all that shit. She was dating a grime rapper, you know. But, like, she understands that, like, you know, this is my wheelhouse. Like, this is my bag. And she's able to, to, to kind of, like, continue to, to kind of uh, progress her sound, but also make sure, like, it's true to to the fans. So I can't be mad at it. I
0: can't be mad at it. Yeah no, I agree. It's it's from my perspective, it's like you said, she she's honed it down to a science. She's definitely branched out. So what I liked about it is the idea of where she hasn't kept it too stagnant. There's there's enough there's enough of a morsel here to kind of show you that, you know, she, I I won't say she's necessarily opening her listeners' minds, but it's like, oh, he has a little bit more funkier production. Yeah. Oh, his he has a little bit more vocal acrobatics than you usually used to. And I kind of like, and like I said, but while keeping it as an adult album, cause she knows that that's what keeps, that's the child support money. You know what I'm saying? Like that's, that's the one <laughs> in case he ends up being a deadbeat that, that'll keep everybody paid. So, you know, I'm not really mad at that. And I I do like, it's interesting because, all right, so you've got this idea of where, you know, culturally moving in workplaces, right? So everything is kind of flat, even entertainment. So it's something where, you know, if you want to write a book, you can self publish. You know, fucking, you know, movies are kind of moving to a weird space of where, like, you know, you've got either these weird Hollywood blockbusters or you've got, like, Netflix shows. They're kind of like, you know, it's odds of the same coin. Same money kind of going out there, but definitely high. You know, it's the culture's kind of shifting of where you could, the idea of, you know, these normal, expected, critically acclaimed rollouts, you're not really getting anymore. You know, it's like, it's hard for you to see, like, a fucking. You know, like a, a Grammy winning, like, you know, movie rollout where it's like an indie movie. You don't really see that anymore. And I think that what's kind of cool about Adele is there's a tried and true fact of where you have a songstress, you know, definitely roots in like fucking soul and fucking definitely have a voice and definitely talented. And then, you know, dropping an album that wants to get the, the album of the year Grammy nod. And it's cool to kind of see her, like, like in a weird way, I, I like that tradition. I like somebody where they're not really fronting, you know, to a certain extent. It's just like, this is what I want to do. This is my goal. I'm kind of making this really well crafted, you know, album. You know, I want to be doing duets with Tony Bennett in like 20, 30 years, you know, because I keep him alive somehow. Which <laughs> was supposed to say, like, it, it, it'll be a head like Futurama. They just roll him out and shit for a fucking Future Grammys. <laughs> him and Rod Stewart just floating heads in fucking vials. But it's like you know, it's just like oh shit, we're still doing this. It's not passé. There's still a level of artistry there. You know, I'm I'm paying I'm paying the engineer lots of money. I'm renting out a studio space. We're sitting here practicing. You know, the strings are actually strings. It's, it's I like the fact of where this is like you know, old timey album tradition that kind of still exists. Obviously, she's Adele. She's like we're we're talking about you know one of the biggest artists on the planet, so of course that you know you're not gonna really see a lot of that in general. But you know at this point in time, I'm surprised that it even exists considering the way the kind of music's going, where everything is by laptop, you know everything is kind of more DIY again. And I and I, and I am a proponent of these changes. I am not saying there's anything wrong. I actually like it. I like the, the 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 way music is definitely much more democratic now. But at the same time, it's it's nice to hear. You know what it is. It's kind of... And this is a side kind of rant. To a certain extent is why I have a love-hate with Kanye, even now. is the idea of where you can still have a high-budget studio album. And I hope that that doesn't go anyplace. And yeah, I'm fucking asshole and blah, blah, blah. But it's nice the idea of where, hey... I've got these really talented musicians. We're gonna go somewhere. We're gonna work on an album. We're gonna, you know, put our art together. We're gonna edit it. We're gonna roll it out. We're gonna put this care to this piece of work. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, you can make the argument that at the end of the day, it is literally to push vinyls. I'm right I think, I think I looked to go see how much it cost. that vinyl. I think it's like forty-five bucks. <laughs> so you know, at the end of the day, it is kind of like pushing like a certain kind of product. But even then, it's like, oh, they kind of it's cool to see like, like the way kind of the capitalism is kind of moving that at least they're trying to kind of keep certain levels of art kind of going if, and even if at the end of the day it's to push fucking vinyl packages at fucking urban outfitters. Uh, well,
1: number one, I have one those vinyls in my house. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> also number two, I will say with Kanye, if Kanye and Adele had the same budget, like Adele went to like orchestras and like Max Martin and like flying like, you know, like the best like violin player from like Kazakhstan or some shit. You know, Kanye like spent the budget on like 50 million versions of Jail Part 2. <laughs> <laughs> Clearing
0: like a hundred different songs and never made it to the final project. <laughs> but. It's, it's basically Mike, 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 Mike Dean's Adderall fucking budget. It's just like we got to keep him awake. For the next 104 hours. He can't go to sleep. There's somebody there for us. Take the poke him, prod him for fucking cattle prod every fucking five minutes.
1: Oh, man. But but yeah, no, I I, I, I will say this about Adele, too. It's like, look, the songwriting is great. Like, like, I, I feel like love of the game is just like, literally just like love of the game for a few fool to play, like, it's epic songwriting, and it's, it's 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 great too because like, "Love is a game for fools to play" it's like a Smoky Robinson line, you know, like but song in like a like a Tony Bennett style <laughs> by somebody who's like thirty, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and and when you think about that, it's like you understand why she's so popular, right? Like she bridges all of those things together. Yeah. <laughs> and i'm just like oh snap like okay this makes so much sense like the music is not offensive you know like it's and it's interesting too like like somebody's comparing amy Winehouse and adele amy talks about like the one night stand that led to the relationship adele talks about the relationship and then like the post breakup (laughs) yeah (laughs) and you know it's just like really it's it's Again, like it's 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 tastefully done. It's always been tasteful. It's always been like you know, this innuendo there. Like uh, when you when you hear Adele like talk, like outside of the album, she she talks like she she's like a fucking grime rapper to be honest. Like she's like <laughs> she curses like every five minutes. She has like this thick like West London, London accent, you know. Um, but yeah, no, I I I. I I just think it's just like really interesting to kind of see all those things come together. And like, you know, I, I, like given all that, like just not surprised by like what this is and not surprised by like, like what, you know, what she's doing, like, 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 and I do think like, you know, we do live in a culture where, um, you know, you can put out 25 songs for an album, like nothing. Right. Like, cause artists are usually, record like 30, 40 songs. And now it's more advantageous for them to put out 25 songs to like get the the streaming up. Um, it's more advantageous for them to like do a TikTok song. It's more advantageous for them to like try to chase these numbers and these algorithms. And you have somebody who's like not playing that game like at all, <laughs> you know, she actually got Spotify to change their, their play. Yeah. Which, thank goodness, like Adele for president, because I hated that shit. I hated the, <laughs> you know, the shuffle, like default shuffle play. Um, you know, like, like, you know, I, I just like the fact that, and maybe I'm just an old man, but I do like the fact of of having an album experience. You know, like, like, uh, you know, it's sequenced perfectly. It's produced perfectly. It's mastered perfectly. The lyrics are gonna hit you, like, you know, make you feel something um you know the addition of the voice notes and her just basically being like i'm depressed like it's like this weird kind of like you're a fucking billionaire but i get you same same vibe same level (laughs) um you know it's just just like a lot of things i think that um kind of
0: resonate with me on this album so props to adele yeah, no problem. Like I said, it's 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 cool to kind of see here see. It's it's cool to kind of hear like like I said, it's just the artistry behind it. Like I said, it's it's the sequence. It's it's like you know, I think there's a lot of talk about the the concept of a quote unquote album disappearing. I definitely see it happening to a certain extent, but you'll always have these records that'll come out and that people will kind of care about. I think I I think that it's really you know it's it's really even even Kanye's crazy ass was trying to put out an album, you know what I'm saying? So I think that the idea of where you have these artists still kind of trying to do this kind of artistry thing and kind of like, you know, put its cohesive set of songs together and have it fucking perfectly sequenced and put money behind it. I should say Sony Universal putting money behind it. You know, it's cool to kind of hear that, you know, just as a music fan, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, props to her. And like I said, it's it's and it's, that that's about it, man. Adele, loan me some money. <laughs> please, please. <laughs> But uh, oh, but man. that's about it. What else is there? Uh, yeah. I guess new, new music, new music, new music. Uh, on my end, uh, Mac Hammy dropped a new album. Uh, Mac Hammy drops a lot of albums. Uh, usually, when Mac Hammy drops an album, it's on Bandcamp and it's for five hundred bucks to keep. I guess his streak going. with Pre for Haiti. Earlier this year, he dropped Balance Cho which is Hot Candles, translated from Creole, Haitian Creole. And it's actually on streaming. He's giving it to you for free. Um, and it's actually pretty dope. Um, I like Pray For Haiti a lot. Um, it was a relatively long album. I don't know how many songs it is off top of my head, but I felt like it was definitely around 15, maybe 18 songs. Um, this record is a nice, tight... Uh, let's see, Pray For Haiti altogether together had, yeah, 16 songs. While this record has a nice, nice, sexy, tight, 13 songs, um, but it also comes in at, at, at fucking like 20 minutes long, so it's very much like you know, a couple of skits, everything kind of comes in in and out, very straightforward. Actually, realistically looking at his track list, it's really more like fucking nine songs. Um, but yeah, no, um, well crafted, well produced, just a nice little kind of balanced record. I thought it kind of captures what people like about my comedy in a very small kind of piece of pie, and it's cool to kind of see him put it on streaming and not kind of keep it hidden. Um, it's basically it's I, what I like about it is the idea of where you still have like this kind of hip hop kind of being released and it's still dope and there's really no commercial viability behind it at all except for the heads and it's just fucking out there for people to consume. So yeah, long story short, my comedy's new record, pretty solid. Cool,
1: cool, um, and I'll shout out to, Like this is actually old music, um, but uh, my boy told me to uh, check out uh, this band called Tricot. Um, it's a Japanese band. It's math rock, which is uh, you know, like uh, was, like the whole like thing happened because like they're you know we're talking about genres and like who who comes up with these genres and who says like this is a thing. It's probably Pitchfork, but. <laughs> definitely pitchfork <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: but um i basically checked out their um uh, 2013 album called v um which i thought was like really cool um it's very melodic um, i see why they say math rock because it seems like very um like all the chords are just like played in a way that that is very like I wouldn't say like regimented. That's like not the right word, but it's like precision.
0: Precision, precision. It's very rhythmic, of... focused. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's yeah, just like yeah. you've got all the instruments are kind of going. They're playing things that I won't say extremely complex. It's not prog per se, but it's definitely things that require like some kind of thought behind it. And even though they're not, you know, it's it's, it's almost like they're all sticking together while doing different things. Long story short. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, and
1: but it's, it's all like like sequenced in a way that's very i guess scientific that's why they call it math rock like it, it's like there's not a lot of like i don't know it's not like jazz right like it, it's very it seems very like like on point and focused uh, but i do think that um uh, tricot uh, uh, as opposed to like some other math rock bands like as a lot of melody as a yes. lot of like pop sheen to it, um, you know, in a way that's not like a- overly pop, you know. Um, so yeah, like the the album V is their quintessential album. I I, I-, I followed the instructions. I understood the assignment. my boy said to, to listen to the album and I did. <laughs> um, so uh, but I know they're still active. They just dropped an album last year. And they're dropping some singles. They dropped like three or four singles, all kind of like with Japanese titles. So I can't tell you what they are. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I I think they're dropping an album either like late this year or early early next year. So they're still out, out in these streets, you know. So uh, definitely check them out. Tricot, T-R-I-C-O-T.
0: Yep, no, though, I'm a huge fan. And like, you kind of nailed it. With, with, with Math Rock, it tends to be very intricate. But I think in... You know, like you have a band like Battles. I remember it was kind of big back in the hipster blog era, and you know they had very weird, intentionally like like bizarre vocals. With um, math Rocks, it's such a focus on the rhythm and everything else. You kind of don't really have to focus on hooks, and that's the reason why I like V, which is such a great record, it's very hooky. Like, there's a lot of good songwriting there. It's yeah. not just like, oh, well, I've got a cool guitar riff. So, if I play this guitar riff, you'll, you'll you know, the rhythm guitar will play a counter guitar riff that kind of complements it, but kind of deviates a little bit. And the basses could come in here and the drummer will play like a, you know, a six, seven beat instead. You know, and again, I, I, as somebody, You know what's kind of interesting about math rock is it's like it's almost like jazz without soul so musically if you're a fan you like a lot what's happening it's it's really hard to kind of you know as as a as a musician itself it's it's obviously not gonna say it's hard to be a musician but you know it's it's if you're already kind of playing your own complex stuff the whole idea of being in the band you gotta think of everybody else. So technically it's kind of, you know, it's admirable, but the problem is that while technically it's admirable, the same way we like a lot of prog rock, a lot of shit is boring as fuck. There's no hooks, yeah. it's just songs made to have songs made to have songs. It reminds me a lot of like, you know, when in the early eighties we had like Stevie Vi records and shit and all these other fucking guitar virtu- virtuosos where yeah, they're fucking killing it for like fucking 45 minutes or even an hour and you're a little, you know, CD in the RCA player in fucking 1985. But if it's not an actual song, song, who cares? I mean, like, you know, drum solos are awesome, but there's a reason why it's at the end of the gig for like 10 seconds.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, definitely. Definitely.
0: Definitely. So with Tricot, that's kind of cool because like, you know, despite the fact of where, you know, they're definitely accomplished musicians, they don't lose sight of the fact of, yeah, yeah, here's, here's, we're going to do all this cool shit. We're going to tease a little bridge and we're going to break out into a full fucking melody you could hum on a fucking train. And that's what I like about fucking Tricot. Yeah, definitely. For sure. And a cool, female cool. fronted, all female instruments. I mean, female yes. instruments, female musicians. I think it's. I think the drummer was a dude. Actually, anymore, I think about that. But anyway, long story short, women in charge, women rule. Nice, nice, nice difference from all the all the dudes we talk about. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and on that note, as we head off into the wilderness, you know, we got we're out here. Like I said, new business. You know, going to be policing the verses. The next one that comes out there. You know, we might have to go out there and wrangle a Shaka Khan for drinking too much. Who knows? <laughs> oh
1: man, I, they actually just announced the next one. I got—I'm I, I not going to Google it in, in, in time to like <laughs> have it by the time we finish this podcast. But um, they're still doing them, um, and <laughs> props to Swiss Beats who is like being just like 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 disappointed dad in the comments versus that, that was uh, that was funny that, that was hilarious Um so yeah Swiss call us we got you we got Are you
0: Swiss will come in like I said it's it's like you're mad i showing up drunk showing up late look we'll bring out the van the dropship van you know what I'm saying go outside of the residences you know ski mass way hood you know drag him in there put him in the van make sure they show up correctly you know what I'm saying <laughs> we, we got you bro <laughs> I, I think it's still finding. It. I, I think it's also this idea of you know it's it's I, was, I don't know I don't know how big the bag is involved with all this, but I'm pretty sure it's still kind of somewhat a little bit informal and that's the appeal. Um, I definitely understand the idea of having some professionalism, but at the same time, without we'll those moments, we wouldn't have busy busy bone moments. Yeah, yeah. I I do think Swiss makes
1: a good point though like you haven't been performing in like a hundred and something weeks fam so you gotta you gotta get that bag and show up on time
0: yeah true you gotta rehearse you know yeah, show so. you know, so, so, so some, so some artistry you know what I'm saying <laughs> the, <laughs> but uh yeah. We love y'all. Thank you for listening. You know what I'm saying? Stay stay warm, you know what I'm saying? Make sure you have your coats, you know what I'm saying? If you got extra coats, give them away to people who need them, you know what I'm saying? Clothing drops. Stay and triple vaxed. Stay triple vaxed, you know? We'll triple vaxed mafia. <laughs> and that's it. We love y'all. Peace. Peace.